0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek.
1: Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show.
2: I'm being honest, like, what am I even
3: contributing? Ow! There's already a superhero with a red suit with a lightning bolt on it. Aquaman is literally huge and he's so
1: manly. And Batman is so cool. And I'm just me.
3: I feel like a fraud. It doesn't matter. Um, anyway, the wizard gave me superpowers. And well, then everybody got superpowers. Where's everyone going? To fight crime. Okay. Now everyone's kind of like doing their own thing and I'm the only one trying to keep it together.
2: You understand I'm a pediatrician, right?
4: Come on. Now let's get down to business, business, Listen to business. me, Billy.
1: The fate of your world depends on it. The daughters of Atlas are coming for you. Children stole the power of all the
2: gods. Shazam!
1: This is very personal, Billy.
2: Look, I might not have as much
3: experience as you, because I'm not super old like you, <laughs> but I've seen all of the Fast and the Furious movies,
4: lady. It's all about... Family! Family!
2: Family. Guys, that was the signal. Introducing the
3: star of our show!
2: His name is... Giselle!
1: survive this
4: i don't know how we fight powers like this
3: you think i know how to fix this dude but i really don't Baby! everyone can be worthy let's give it a chance
1: now go fight for your family go fight for the world I just threw a truck at a dragon. I love my life. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. We are back. And this time we're going back to the movies. And we are looking at Shazam! Fury of the Gods. The newest feature brought to you by the fine folks at DC. Well, I think this is probably the second or third to last of the old regime at DC and you know, this is before James Gunn completely comes in. Cause I know still know we have Aquaman we have flash coming to us. And blue beetle. Um, I keep on forgetting about blue beetle, even though it's on our schedule. I completely forget about blue beetle. I'm it's been under everyone's radar. So I'm going to be very curious to see what it's going to be like. And if we're going to enjoy it, not, but we're going to talk about Shazam. No thunder. Okay, good. So far, so good. So it's going to be a ton of fun to talk all about this one tonight. Uh, remember, there will be spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet, please take a chance to check it out and look at the movie, put us on pause, go run to the movie theater, and you know, then run home and listen to us. It's pretty cool. People have done that. So it's awesome to be able to do that. So if you get a chance, leave us feedback. Feedback at com is always the best way to get in touch with us. Let's say hey to our crew for tonight. We have, of course, Mr. Mike Gordon here.
2: Howdy! That's that's and, my version of Shazam. That gives me power.
1: Oh, of course, he's the Howdy my That's sir. that's my magic word. Well, I think people have actually referred to you as Captain Howdy in the past. There so. you go. See, see. So I I think so. No lightning bolt on it. That's he uh, has a big you know H on his chest. You know,
2: that's one term that I I'm okay with. They, uh they they call me other things too, but uh, those are left unsaid.
1: And from Earth Station DCU, we got Drew here. Hey, Drew.
4: Shazam! (laughs) And he's wearing a
2: Batman
1: t-shirt now. Wow, look at that. Yep.
4: Oh, sorry. I just just came back from the eye doctor, so let me take these off.
1: (laughs) Okay. There you go. So he'll look squinty now for a while. I love it. I just got back from the eye doctor. Cute. And, of course, Chip Johnson is here. How are we doing? Good. You know, we're having you on
3: more episodes
1: in the science stuff, dude. You're almost like <laughs> bu- building your own little seat here for us.
3: <laughs> I figure I can keep adding to the station. And eventually you'll just have to attach attend- I just have to be a
2: permanent satellite.
1: <laughs> the the chip side. That's what we should call it. <laughs>
2: he he is the one of us that dressed for the part.
1: That's true, he did.
2: So but the only a- the only red and yellow lightning I had in the house was the Flash Gordon symbol. So I mean that's you know.
1: Exactly. So if I wore the flash T-shirt, it would look, you know, like I'd have to go bazinga or something like that. So no, <laughs> we're not going to even do it. Oh. Or or worse. Exactly. So it'll be very interesting to see, uh, you know, mixed reaction to this one. So it's going to be very interesting to see what we all thought of this one. And, you know, Mr. Mike, you ready to
2: take it away? absolutely absolutely before we get into our um personal reviews uh let's take a look at the box office uh Shazam Fury of the Gods this weekend grossed uh, 30.1 million in the United States and Canada 34.6 million in other territories for a worldwide total of 64.7 million now uh that is below projections and uh some people are it is the third worst opening of the DCU uh the only two that are worse than that are Suicide Squad and uh, Wonder Woman 1984 and of course those were really severely affected by the pandemic i still think we're seeing pandemic affected numbers so cuz i think if you look at almost all the other releases that have been out there um this was th- there was still pretty low um outside of a few things like avatar which continues to gain it's still in the top 10 uh and uh a couple of other ex- um exceptions i think generally speaking the box office is not quite as thriving as it was before the pandemic now that's not the only reason
1: well uh, it's, like there's a lot said, of
2: other reasons that are probably factor into this as well
1: like you said before though it's a different world now than before the pandemic too more people are, are waiting to stream and be yeah, exactly cause, like cause they know this, that this is on... probably
2: going to be available in a couple of months a if couple that.
1: months i was gonna say it probably more like a month or so it'll probably be on hbo to be able to watch and you know so
3: no, no, you know, no, they'll, they'll push it out to hulu or netflix and sell the rights because anyway that's what they're doing with all of them you're pushing <laughs> them out to other streaming services
2: the uh the other thing about that too is that you know i look at it from a comic book fan perspective or comic book reader uh, which is like when you when the first issue hits the stands that sells like x amount of money the second issue there's always a dip like 60 or 50% um and so that's about what's happened here uh Shazam made i think the initial Shazam uh movie uh made somewhere around 60 uh 60 or 70 somewhere in there um million dollars on its opening in in North America so so it's not quite half um but uh you know I, I do think that um man there's a you know online there's a lot of negative things about this movie too so uh anywhere from ranging anywhere from you know I think uh uh you know the last DCU movie that we were that we reviewed was Black Adam uh, and, of course, that wasn't regarded very highly. So the is trying to come off of that disaster. Um, and, uh, you know, I think a lot of people just aren't terribly excited about it. I mean, there's even the marketing, and everything didn't really seem to say that this was a must see in the theater event.
1: It wasn't promoted all uh, that well, actually, compared to a lot of the Marvel films or a lot of the earlier DC stuff.
2: I don't know. I saw a lot of it, but then again, I watched TNT. I watched TBS. I watched the Warner brothers programming. So, I mean, I saw a lot of it, but I don't know outside of that, whether or not, you know, it really was, it was marketed that well, but, uh, but uh, yeah, when I went, I went to opening day on Friday. Well, actually it opens on Thursday. Now opening days are now Thursday, Uh, but I went and saw it on Friday morning. Uh, There wasn't a lot of people in the theater, Um, but I, I did I do have to give them credit because I did get a comic book uh at the theater. So, thank Ooh. you AMC for that. Uh that's pretty cool. Um but uh let's get started then. Let's start with you drew like what were your expectations going into this and overall were you satisfied?
4: I didn't have any expectations going into it. Um <laughs> I just I I I saw a trailer for it, I think. Did but, you like um, the
2: first Shazam movie?
4: Oh, yeah. Sh- I loved uh, the first Shazam memory, movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I kind of wanted to go into it kind of blind. I didn't want to know much about the movie because uh, I've noticed the more I go into it blind, the better I like the movie. So <laughs> <laughs> There's
2: something to be said for that.
4: But I, I loved the movie. What I thought was kind of disappointing was I went and saw it on Friday night also. And I bet there was less than 20 people in the theater. Mm -hmm. I saw it in, uh, I saw it on the IMAX screen. Oh, wow. Because that's the, the time, the time I wanted to see it at that's what screen it was on. So, (laughs) so, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. So I actually want to go see it again.
2: Oh, wow. Cool. I probably won't
4: spend the money to go see it again. I'll probably just wait for it to go on streaming. But I,
2: I think that's the other thing too. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't remember matinee prices being this pricey before the pandemic. I mean, I saw it like the first showing on Friday morning or Friday afternoon because they don't really the theater near me doesn't do morning shows anymore. And it was 30 percent off, I think. But it was still I almost paid like twenty dollars for the ticket, which is crazy. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. Uh, Chip, what about you? What uh, what expectations did you have going in? About the only and did you and did you wear your Shazam shirt when you saw it?
3: No, actually, we made this after for this. To be on oh podcast. wow! We got wow! We're trying to have a little bit of fun with it, um, and it's it's easy. We my wife can screen print, and this is if you know anything about screen printing, it's not that hard to throw to throw. Is not the most complicated. Um, but no, it, the only info I really had on it was I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes more just as a glance at to kind of get an idea of what the vibe was. And that was about the only info. I really liked the first movie with my wife and I really love that one. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm, we're getting more into this. Basically, I kind of agree with the Rotten Tomatoes. It's still fun. If you liked the first movie and you like Zachary Levi and you like that, that group dynamic that they had, there's some really good humor in there, but it's not as good as the first one. So that was just sort of my takeaway from it is it's not as good as the first one, but. If you like the humor, you'll you'll enjoy it. You won't
2: hate it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll get more into that, Mike. What about you? What was your experience?
1: Well, I was lukewarm on the first one. I liked the family dynamic. I liked the I like Zachary Levi as Shazam, and I'm not a huge fan of the new 52 Captain Marvel slash Shazam. I was more of the Golden Age, Silver Age. Fan, where Billy was more confident. Billy was had the wisdom of Solomon. He had, you know, all the he wasn't always like a little kid, you know, wishy-washy and angsting the whole time. And I said that I listen I went back and listened to the review we did on the original. And pretty much I said the same thing back then. And even more so it was it, it was worse for me in that case that you know i was like rolling my eyes at some of the characterizations in this and you know it was it was it was just ridiculous some of it and there was times you know i was like should i break out my phone and just like play words with friends or sim city instead of watching the movie because that's you know some of it was just ridiculous there were some characters i really liked in this and we'll get into that and there were some there were some moments i was just like okay this is awesome this is great but then there were other moments where it was just it was ridiculous and so
2: so we got a a really big range here so that's pretty cool that's good because we don't usually get that usually we're more or less on a similar page but with this one um I uh I saw a trailer or two uh before the movie so I knew um some things you know uh I knew who the bad guys were uh I knew that uh, Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren were in it um and I thought that was a bold choice uh you don't usually see action or superhero movies where the villain is you know played by Let's say older women, right? Like they're just like you know a big, big strong guy versus older women, um, you know. Uh, And that was, I thought they worked well with that. Actually, they dealt well with that, Mm -hmm. Um, and I like some of that. I, I, I. Towards the end of the marketing campaign, right before the movie, they they spoiled uh, the cameo, the big cameo that's in the movie, and I tried really hard. Not to to avoid that, so I'd be surprised. Our
1: friends at over at Funko Pop f- spoiled it about three months ago when they released the figures, and they showed on the back that Wonder Woman was on it.
2: It was like the night before. I saw someone post about it, and I was like, "Damn it!" Like I just like I it, I just wait could have waited twenty four hours, but um, and and I, yeah, I do want to talk about that cameo as well for sure. Uh, but let's get started. Yeah, the movie. I will say, okay. So when it opens, we have them, uh, the family together as a unit, addresses a a broken bridge. We don't really know why it's breaking, do we? It's just a natural phenomenon, right? And there's, it's not a bad guy or anything. There, it's no, just,
1: there was there was an accident on yeah, the, the car wreck. on the, gotcha. the car, like gotcha. a truck okay. crashed gotcha. into it. And but it wasn't
2: like going. anything from a bad guy. It was just no. something that happened, accident, right? So, but I got to tell you. I was really moved during that whole sequence from the moment like the kids are all together and they like they are walking towards the camera. They say Shazam and boom, there's smoke and out comes the Marvel family. I thought I got like chills out of that. That was really cool. And then when I saw the 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 bridge and they're all flying around doing things, I, I thought that was amazing. Like, I don't think I'd seen that before in a in a any superhero movie it just looked like here's a family of superpowered beings like addressing this problem i was i was with it there and i thought this is this is this could be an incredible experience but then the plot happens and uh the bad guys get introduced and everything and it kind of bogs down a bit and i had forgotten actually that uh the character I'm not going to blame the actor, but the character of Freddie Freeman from the first movie, I don't. Mac, you can confirm this because you listened to it uh, the the our, our original interview but our review. But I just found him extremely annoying. Like I just, <laughs> I just could not. Like it was too much, too fast, too too many jokes that didn't hit, and I I just I just wasn't. I was like, man, he needs to they need to cut like half his dialogue because it's not working for me. And so that really, that really bogged the movie down. Uh, there were some other moments that I liked about the movie. Um, some other things that happened, but um, overall it was kind of, I, you know, I think I'd give it like three out of, out of uh, five stars. It was not horrible, but you know, certainly like compared to black Adam, it's better than black Adam. It's <laughs> well, it's in my <laughs> opinion, it's better America. than black Adam. Um, I'll let you and, it, and, and it's a nice family movie, uh, outside of a few things. I mean, this is a great family movie, and I like that too. Um, Drew, what's something else about the the movie that you liked?
4: I liked uh, I liked a lot of the humor that was in the movie. I was I noticed I was laughing throughout the movie at different things. Um, I thought the I thought the well, one of the things that surprised me was we got the Wonder Woman cameo in the middle of the movie. And I well, didn't Wonder see Woman her face. In. And I'm like, I was like, because I knew for, for whatever reason through DC news or whatever, I'd heard that Wonder Woman was supposed to be in the movie. And uh when we got to that point where they're not showing her face, I was like, this is the kid. We're going to get the Superman cameo again. And I was <laughs> I was kind of disappointed by that. And uh, And then when the wizard's face showed up on. On her body, I just died laughing. I just thought it was freaking hilarious, and then realizing that it was uh, Billy's dream, <laughs> it was just hilarious. So I thought I had a lot of hilarious moments, and I loved the wizard in it. The wizard had some funny moments with the with the characters, and uh, I I guess I found Freddie less annoying than you guys because I kind of liked the focus on Freddie and. Um, you know, seeing how he was dealing, he was still getting bullied at school and how he dealed with it. And I kind of liked his relationship with the uh one goddess, I uh, forget what her name was. Anthea? Yes. So wow. I I found that interesting too. Mm-hmm. So I I did enjoy some moments throughout the movie. Right. And I really loved Wonder Woman's cameo at the end.
2: Yes. Yeah. Uh... Where are they... <laughs> right?
1: where they blasted the theme. Cause if you didn't realize who it was, <laughs>
2: <laughs> the, uh, I love that theme. <laughs> I love that theme. That theme gives me chills. That theme. I get emotional when I hear that theme. And that was, I give Hans Zimmer all the credit in the world because when that theme hit in Batman V Superman, uh, and I knew we were getting wonder woman along with it, it just, I, I was more excited than I, I had been in a long time for anything on the screen and every time that, that theme hits, it, it triggers me. And I feel the same way. So it's sort of like the opening scrawl of a, of a Star Wars movie with the bat, like the, you know, with the John Williams score and everything. Like, it just, like that, it has that effect on me. And that's, that's a good, that's a good cue. That's a good music cue. Not too many other uh, superheroes have that kind of music cue, um, at least not of re- uh, recently. Uh, you know, for Superman and and Batman, they have to use the old ones from the eighties and, and 70s or whatever. You know, to get people's reaction. So, so I I appreciated that as well. But uh, Chip, what uh, what is, what is something else you liked about the movie?
3: Well, I think I'm gonna go ahead and agree with you that I didn't really like uh, the Freddie Freeman jokes. I thought they gave him the awkward teen thing a little bit too much. But I did love um, some of the jokes that the other family got. Like we referenced the eye doctor bit at the beginning of, at the beginning of this with with her sitting and i met people that Mm -hmm. were my age i thought she got some really good lines of being the the only one who is literally the same age as her superhero identity so it kind of works um and of course i i can't go this podcast without mentioning taste the rainbow mother oh that was awesome (laughs) the the nine-year-old girl on the unicorn (laughs) yelling as she mows down the monsters I have to admit, had me howling with laughter because that was such a great bit.
2: Wow. Yeah. So, I, that, that I will say did not work for me. The Skittles yeah. commercial when saw embedded in the movie did not, did not work for me. So yeah, I just, that didn't, that didn't play out well, but I did like a lot of other parts about that finale. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. Mike, is there something else that you liked about the movie?
1: I loved seeing Atlanta in the uh, background at the parking garage the whole time. And it was, you know, that was pretty darn awesome. I did like, I liked the character of Freddy a lot. I liked how he stood up to the bullies and he took the punches and everything, but he was still stood up to them. And I thought that was pretty darn awesome. I also liked the character of Mary. I loved what they did with her and you know because you know she was she felt trapped and i liked you know seeing how she grew in this and i also liked the parents i thought the, the whole thing with the family was great and everything i liked the different characters and i liked when they that they went we're superheroes i'm gay and, you know and everyone was like we know and it was just, and it was just awesome And it's all understanding. And that part I loved. That part I loved. I think that was one of the best things I think they did with the New 52 and the Shazam legacy was bring in the family aspect of it more. And the humor, I thought, was a little too much. And we'll get more into that, you know, things we didn't like and everything. I did like the casting of the villains were great. And I love Helen Marin. Lucy Lou, I've never been a huge fan of, but she was okay. And I liked the third one, too. And she was great because she was kind of reluctant. She didn't really want to hurt the humans or anything. And I thought that was pretty cool. The Wizard was awesome. The Wizard, I think, was one of my favorite parts in the movie. And so it was, it was interesting to see. And, you know, I think overall, I think it was a superhero movie. And I didn't expect it to be, you know shakespeare or i didn't expect it to be you know you know well i would say christopher mullen but he did superhero movies so you know there <laughs> we go though so, but yeah so. so you're
2: saying a superhero movie can't be a great movie is that what you're saying no
1: i never said that
2: so you, but you don't expect it
1: i don't expect it i don't expect much <laughs> from a superhero movie anymore at all wow. after after going from black adam to quantum mania to this I don't have much high hopes for a lot of superhero movies and such. You know, you know, I'm not expecting much from Flash. I'm not expecting much from Even Guardians of the Tom Galaxy. Even though Tom Cruise
2: says it's the movie that we need right now.
1: This is the man who gave us Top Gun. So I'm exactly. Not anything else?
2: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I,
1: mean... I fell asleep during it, so it's cool.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there.
2: Yeah, I like the family dynamic. I think that's the strength of the Shazam movies is the family dynamic. Um, the uh, uh, There's a lot of characters to work with. It's almost too much, you know. Um, so, you know, some characters get the spotlight more than others, which is uh, kind of a shame because you don't have time to really delve into everybody and give everybody some depth. Um but that's okay um the family you it's still you still feel it, and the parents getting the parents involved uh with the with the superheroes was great too. I like that um and yeah, I thought the the three daughters of Atlas uh worked for me. I don't think well at least I don't know of uh, that's been done in the comics at all, so I don't know no. if this is completely an original. Yeah, I haven't read the recently Shazam books, so I don't know about, about that. But to me, I thought it was, as a mythology fan, I did appreciate the, that use. Um, uh, it was certainly better than Wonder Woman's last villain in her in her last movie. So I liked that a lot. Um, and I like the performances. Uh, Rachel Zelger as the Anne uh, or Anthea. Uh, and then, of course, um, Lucy Liu, who I've always liked. And uh, Helen Mirren, who I uh, think is one of the best actresses around. So they were obviously having fun chewing scenery. At least uh, Lucy and Helen were. I don't think Rachel's quite there yet. Um, but she, her her role was not really to ham it up. It was to be a love interest for Freddie. And I've already said that Freddie didn't work for me. So I, out of all the kids, he was the one that I thought was the weakest length and unfortunately I think he had the most screen time. I think he had more screen time than Billy. Um at least regular Billy. I mean the first movie had more of a balance between Billy and Shazam. This one is pretty much we see like Billy for like five minutes total, I think, in the movie. <laughs> and the rest of the time it's Shazam. Uh so good or bad, Drew, what's something else about the movie that uh that struck you?
4: One of the things I didn't care for was it felt like the kids aged up too much. And I think that's part of the reason why uh, Billy wasn't on screen that much. It mm. focused more on Freddy. Um, Darla's character, she looked a lot older than she was acting, especially her superhero character. Huh. So at least that's what it felt like to me. I love the oh. family dynamic, though.
1: It was supposed to be, I think, two years since the last movie was the timeline they said. So the characters had to age a little bit.
2: So my my understanding is, and they've never really said this, which is I don't think, maybe in the first movie they do, but um my and my understanding is is that these kids as they get older will grow into their superhero avatars. That's what they look like as adults. Um because certainly um uh that's true of uh Mary, right? Like she doesn't change at all. Uh yeah, except the outfit,
4: right? That's right out of the comics too. The, the we just had a mini series called uh, what was it called? <laughs> new hang on the new champion of Shazam.
0: Okay. Where, uh,
4: Billy's been trapped at the Rock of Eternity, and Mary kind of took the role as the champion. She had her own mini series. She even went off to college, but uh, when her parents were abducted, she had to come back home. So pretty good mini series. It was written by. Uh, Josie Campbell and it was illustrated by Evan Doc Shaner. So it was really uh, good as a four part series.
2: They've done a lot with Mary. I know that uh in that series fifty-two that they did, um, it was they was pretty impressive that how they used her and she turned she turned heel, and that was really an interesting turn for her. Um and I I appreciated that a lot. Um I don't find her as compelling in this. Uh, don't get me wrong, Grace Caroline like looks amazing, um, and she would she would look very cool in a black and a black Mary, Miss uh, Mary Marvel outfit with the lightning bolt as well. Um, but I don't, I don't see her as a character or even as an actress being able to pull off the heel roll if they wanted to go that way. If they were doing this further, which we'll talk about whether or not that we want that to happen later on, but. Chip, what's something else about the movie that you either liked or didn't like?
3: Well, uh, um, one thing that I kind of noticed, I don't know if it's a like or a dislike, but it's from a non-story perspective, but almost a thematic perspective. I I remember we left the theater. I told my wife, I was like, you could almost do a paper on the comedy rule of three based on every joke in this movie. Almost every joke has a very clear, it's it's almost, because normally, okay, so movie... You know, screen theory comedy setup is in film with a joke. There's setup, reminder, payoff. So, a perfect example from this movie is we get the setup when we, with the Skittles, where we talk about Darla put them in Mary's pants and when they go through the wash, they get stained. We get the reminder when she brings the Skittles out to give to the older daughter of Atlas when they have her prisoner. And the payoff of the joke is the unicorn bit. There are like five in this movie that are the most obvious setup reminder payoff that I've seen in a movie since I don't know since like they tried to do it in Suicide Squad. But it's just so I don't know why, but it just stuck to my brain. Like I could see it. Okay, here's the joke coming. We know this one's um and I'm trying to think of it like there was the Freddie joke about his name. Um I'm trying to think it was another one. There was a which was a, oh, that
2: oh. like the name thing is something that I think you know, people who are familiar with Captain Marvel and the history and everything find annoying and people mm. who don't know about it don't care. So, like, for me, that's something that I'm like, why are you bringing this up? Like, you don't like the fact that he doesn't have a name. I'm like, I don't. That's only works for people who are in on the joke. But if you're not in on the joke, then you're just going, what what is this all about? It's just I think it I think it falls flat either way. And so when he finally says, like at the end, like you know, what do I, what is my name? And your name is Shazam, right? Whatever, it just, it, it, it should be like dun dun, but it, it's just like. (laughs) Well, I
3: had a bit of an issue with that, and with this whole movie treating them for like sixty percent of the movie, the heroes are a joke, like. There's the bridge scene, oh, yeah. and they make a point of, okay, now we've got to save the this bridge. Philly the fiasco. And I'm yep. just like, okay, you know, you can make them not the Justice League without making them a joke. Like, there's a there's a line there where it kind of ruins the – it, it kind of hurts the setup of the big ending fight scene. If we spent the last, you know, hour and a half of this movie with Freddy and all of them being treated like blithering idiots – you know, it can kind of undercut that like, okay, he is this guy, he's ready to do this fight. You know, instead of making you feel like, yeah, give the wizard the staff back. Just give the man the staff. Let him do it, because you clearly can't fix right you couldn't catch water if he fell out of a boat.
1: No. Exactly. I agree with that.
3: I had a bit of a problem with that kind of being a thing. Um But that was Which the staff is another rule of three. The um Mind powers where she makes him rebuild the staff, the dragon, and then the big reveal at the end. The bit at the end where he resists the fear.
2: Yeah, and there was a lot of like back and forth with certain things um, that it seemed like they were going like back and forth, back and forth, without really doing any fighting. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, you can only do so much fighting when you know your hero is a you know young strong male versus two like older women like i thought when they do finally really fight i thought that that worked pretty well um and i yeah i i liked how that played out but i must admit i was wondering like how are they going to do this like cuz it, it doesn't make any sense and then at the end he just i mean he's basically fighting the dragon right so it's not like mm-hmm. it's not like you know he's coming to blows with lucy's character like one on one
1: Mhm. I did, you know, one of the things I did like with the two villains. I loved the scene at the very beginning when they got the staff in the museum. That mm-hmm. was really really well done. And, you know, them whispering into the ear and mind controlling that the people and then turning them all to stone or dust and it was just it was just awesome. That whole scene was so very well. That was actually one of my favorite parts. And I I was like, okay, I've got hopes for this. This is going to be good. And then it was (laughs) just, it was just interesting. And I thought that's when they were at their most menacing in a lot of ways. And it was, you know, towards the end, you know, when, you know, Lucy Liu's character turned against everybody, went on, you know, the crazy train, it was, it was predictable, you know, and then, Shazam, or Billy's battle at the end, was mostly with the dragon, not really with her. And so it, w- it was interesting. And Judy, you know, when they did the dome over Philadelphia, she says, wasn't that in the Simpsons movie? So <laughs> it, it was just like, you know, yeah, kind of, sort of. So yeah,
2: Simpsons did it uh... a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, uh, man, I agree with a lot of that too, but, um, there's, yeah, there's some things that like had promise. Like I did like, as Mike said, I did like the way that the powers were differentiated with each of the sisters. Um, I like the dynamic between the sisters, although, you know, I, I think, uh, Anne's, uh, betrayal, uh, was predictable and yet it didn't make any sense for them to do it. Like why, why Why would she need to infiltrate the high school? Like, it just didn't seem like it was necessary. Um, it was, seemed like a weird thing. It was just set up so that she could betray Freddie, and, and that could be a thing. So there's some kind of sloppy storytelling there.
1: Oh, poor, poor Deirdre Bader, too. Oh, poor, poor oh. Deirdre
2: Bader. Yeah, there are some people that, like, really get killed in this. And they kind of just, like, breeze over it. Uh, So for a family movie, that was kind of chip to your point. I do think that you know they were treated like a joke, and that that hurt them. Um, They don't, they didn't need to go that far. The the fact that they were called the Philly Fiascos, I didn't think was absolutely necessary, especially when you, you know, you see at the end they've turned around and the 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 people of Philly are cheering them, and yet you're kind of like, yeah, but you guys don't know that they're responsible for all of this. Uh, and that all the monsters, all the people that like, there are people that are dead because when the monsters, and I thought the monsters were very cool, all mythical creatures from Mm -hmm. the past, like that was really well done. Uh, and they were scary. Um, uh, that's why I didn't appreciate them getting taken out by the unicorns. Uh, so I thought it was like, just, they were so menacing. And like I said, people were getting killed. I don't know what the death toll was, but I'm like, you know, if you guys. Look into this media wise, you'll find out that the Marvel family is is responsible for this whole thing. Um, And, uh, you know, I mean, they deal with it the best they can, but uh, that's like the big blunder. So I thought that was weird. And the the Billy, the Billy dying scene. I wish it worked for me, but I didn't buy it for a second.
1: Mm hmm.
2: And, you know, it's kind of like, don't do this unless you make me want to think that he's really dead. Uh, You know, I mean, they're standing over his grave. And I was kind of like, maybe for a second, I was like, is this really happening? But then once I heard, you know, that uh, that Wonder Woman theme, I was like, okay, well, this makes no sense. But, you know, at least it adds somebody really cool to this movie. Mm -hmm. But Chip, I think you didn't like that. You were kind of shaking your head when we mentioned Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman appearing in the movie. Is that something that didn't work for you? It felt very, and I know I'm using this phrase intentionally,
3: ironically, it felt very deus ex machina. It (laughs) felt very much like, because what it actually is, I looked this up because I was, I remember again, sitting in the theater going, that feels like it was written for Black Adam. That scene felt like it was supposed to have Black Adam. And they have confirmed that Dwayne Johnson was supposed to cameo in this movie and backed out. For whatever reason, he didn't want a cameo. So that scene to me, when I remember watching it, is like, because the line that she says is, not all the power. And it felt like that was supposed to be Black Adam's line. And that was their way of bringing him in, like they set up in the first movie, that he was going to join with this group. That also makes sense why they had the, the JSA pickup at the end with the stinger. So if it had been Black Adam, that whole scene kind of thematically makes more of a sense of like, okay, they're tying him into the JSA side of this, it it felt very kind of, again, random. It felt like why, and again, it felt like it's because they had, felt like they lost Black Adam and were like, okay, well, we've got this scene where he's dreaming about Wonder Woman and we've already made the joke with the wizard. Okay, we'll put another scene in where he's talking about Wonder Woman so that we can have the payoff of her showing up at the end and it doesn't,
2: and she is, she's got that mythology background. She's got no, that Greek god does. background. So, I mean, it's not like they're just popping in like the Flash or Superman or anything, right? Mm-mm. Or Hawkman, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, um, okay, so, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Because uh, that that's a great point, too, because I think it, uh, I saw a comment online that I thought was really interesting. And it said, DC really messed up by having two Shazam movies that stood on their own and having a Black Adam movie that stood on its own. Like instead of like half and half, they should have incorporated both together and it would have been a better experience for everybody. Um, and I, I think I agree with that. I mean, it's not the, you know, obviously it depends on how it's written and everything like that, but I think separating uh Black Adam from the Shazam mythos was a big Mistake. I just couldn't figure out why they wanted to do it, and I, I blame actually, I blame Dwayne and the heads of WB for going along with it because I think that he didn't have any intention to be part of Shazam.
1: Mm-mm. I agree uh, with that, no.
2: and uh and so I think that uh unfortunately, you know, I think that scene would have worked a lot better to Chip's point if it had been Black Adam because we would have been like, oh, well, they have the same, they their powers come from the same place, kind of, so that makes sense. Um. Uh but yeah, they didn't do that. So uh before we start talking about like afterwards, like what let's talk about um the can like the the cutscenes or the credit scenes. There's two of them. Uh Drew, did you enjoy
4: those? Uh the the first one we had with the uh characters from Peacemaker. Um it looked, looked like they were setting up, you know, looked like the they were trying to set up a Justice Society, possibly. But uh I think that's not gonna happen anymore, of course, because of all the changes. But um it, it's it's uh, still you know, it's still a possibility because those are characters from um what's his face?
3: What's his name? James name's Gunn. Character? Peacemaker.
4: Yeah. James Gunn, thank you. James yeah. Gunn's character, so it's still a possibility that he may want to do a Justice Society, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. The, the second cameo didn't do anything for me. You know, um, originally Armstrong. when I saw the first Shazam movie and we had the cameo with Mr. Mind at the end, I thought maybe he was going to be the villain of this movie. And that didn't happen. And then, you know, the, the the joke with him leaving again just didn't land for me.
2: Yeah, it was like, let's do this again like we did in the first one. But Mr. Mind's just not ready yet. Um, And it's like, damn, I want to, you know, I want to see that movie and I don't know if we ever will. Uh, Chip, what did you think about the two credit scenes?
3: I'm going to kind of agree with Drew. The the JSA one felt like a setup. It feels like they're trying to, and there's there's more good to it because it feels like James Gunn, in a way, because they were also in Black Adam, it feels like James Gunn almost is trying to set up them as sort of the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the the Agent Coulson characters that are going to pop up. And so that actually, the fact that he's using those characters does make does make it more likely that that movie might still get made, just because those are his people, and he might end up with an HBO Max series or something. Because I think Zachary Levi is not so big that you couldn't get him on an HBO Max series to do a Shazam <laughs> movie series, and it would be kind of funny to watch him play off of uh, the JSA characters from Black Adam. Um, the second one, again, kind of didn't really do anything for me, and felt almost like. The, I'm trying to think of another stinger that's kind of done it, but it felt very poke in the eye. It was like, oh, yeah, you all wanted this to be Mr. Mind. Well, remember, um, yeah, uh Mr. Mind's a worm. Remember, he can't go very fast, so that's why we didn't do that in this movie. And it felt very like, okay, well, why are you going to – that's not a really good joke way of kind of acknowledging that you didn't do this movie and then just kind of going, hey, we didn't do this movie, and here's a really kind of bad joke about why we didn't do that movie it just kind of felt flat like it
2: was like okay mike what
1: they said overall i thought both fell flat pretty much i thought you know the whole thing you know why would you know if they if billy wasn't sure who was going to be there and he was just hanging out there using his lightning powers to you know break bottles and stuff like that it was it didn't make sense in everything and and it's like because they were like don't make too much noise you don't want to you know scare them away or whatever and it, it just really really didn't make sense and then it was good to see the characters i like those characters from peacemaker and also you know from suicide squad and i agree completely that they're being used like the agent colson that they're going to be the intermarriage, you know, the people who go between the different projects and such, you know, working for Waller and, you know, and cause they've always said, we said it when we reviewed black Adam that Waller has her fingers in everything, and you know, it's with the justice society, with Superman, with all these different DC characters. Now she's going to get it, her, you know, clutches on Shazam. So that, you know, I could deal with, but the way they did it was just, it was dumb. And, you know, and then the final scene with Mark Strong, as Savannah and you know, Mister Mind. I was like, I I stayed to the end of the credits for that, you know, pretty much. And by the time that came on, anyway, I think a good seventy five percent of the audience left because they thought the other one was the final one. So, and it was just like, no, no, it wasn't worth staying for.
2: Unfortunately, both both have the uh, appearance that this Shazam franchise is going to continue. And that is severely under question. Even before the movie came out, a lot of people were thinking, I mean, people in the know were thinking that this is, and even some people who don't really keep track of this sort of thing. I mean, it made the news that, you know, James Gunn uh, and, and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, sorry, but... Um, we're going to, you know, reboot everything, which is mm, kind of true. Not entirely. I mean, they're, they said that they have plans for a DC universe, but they also said they are allowing per- certain projects to come out as under the E DCEU like name. Um, and, uh, and so I don't know, you know, and they'll just be clearly like quote unquote Elseworld stories uh, or um, I think black label is what the comics call them now. Um, So they said, you know, I think when they were asked about it at the premiere, they said, we'll just have to see how well this one does before we make a determination on whether or not it's. And now, you know, we'll see what it's like when it goes to home and streaming, if it gets new life there, because it is family viewing. Um, So I could see where maybe it, it has some life to it. James Gunn and and uh his competitors are really good friends with Zachary Levi. So uh and Zachary has, has even made like TikTok videos backing up whatever James Gunn is saying, like, you know, when he gets criticism or whatever. So so they're pretty tight. So I would think that, you know, Zachary's kinda like in there going, Hey, uh I know he's got ideas for a third one. So I wouldn't rule out completely that this franchise is dead. Let me ask you this as our uh, final question uh, uh, on this review. Drew, do you want to see more Shazam?
4: Yeah, I want to see more Shazam. I'm just, I'm just uh, concerned that there's not going to be any more.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, down the road, there could be new Shazam just like completely rebooted, right?
4: That's very possible. Would you want to see that? Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that. And... I also know that DC's putting out a new uh, Shazam series written by Mark Wade later this year. So I'm excited about that.
2: Ah, for the comics. Yeah. That sounds like a good, I mean, Mark Wade, you can't go wrong there.
4: So he's been doing a great job on the world's finest with the uh, classic feel of those characters. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do for Shazam.
2: Yeah, me too uh chip what about you um where do you stand on more shazam
3: i actually feel like i actually would trust more shazam under gun just because you can kind of look at what he's done with guardians he's much better at at a doing team movies suicide the suicide squad and guardians are good movies that he managed to give everybody their own beat and i i like his humor he's better i think he's got better comedic timing than we kind of saw in a lot of the jokes in this movie so I feel like I actually would trust more, almost letting Gunn kind of having more reins on that, and he'd probably be able to tone down some of that issues that I have with this movie. So I, I'd, I'd love would to see him
2: under if, if it if it's under Gunn's purview though does does that mean that you want him to either be hands on or you want this version of Shazam to continue?
3: I want this version of Shazam to continue, but I feel like Gunn could do kind of like what he did with Suicide Squad. And he could make the sequel to this, or or get have more control over it. And I feel like that he he could play that tone a lot better than with use what he does with Guardians, do what he does with the other movies he's had teams. I feel like if if you had guns more control over this, a lot of the issues that we seem to have had with the humor and a lot of the issues that with the tone would get much more streamlined. Cause he's give Gun credit; he's very good at picking a tone for a movie and sticking with that tone throughout the entire movie his movies don't yo-yo around um which he's also
2: really good at character development when there's a lot of characters at play yeah uh and nobody feels like they get like short-shifted you know like everybody seems like they have at least moments where they're you know like all the guardians all the suicide mm-hmm. squad like they all have their moments that stand out um so he he handles a big cast like that pretty well too um Mike what about you do you want to see more Shazam
1: I would love to see more Shazam but I would like you guys have said it I want to see it under James Gunn I don't want to see it under this regime I think it needs a different tone a bit and I think it needs to just refocus in a better direction I would love to see a Shazam family movie I would love I don't mind the bigger characters and the, the different family members but I just don't I, if it's going to be by these people who did it this time, no, I don't, I won't go back to see it and everything. And, you know, I have Shazam, you know, I have books on him. I have trades. I have, you know, I have golden age stuff. I have silver age stuff and even stuff all the way through the bronze and, you know, when Mm -hmm. uh, Jerry Ordway did it into, and stuff and it was awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. But you know, if it's this version of it, no. But I would like to see a new version. And Does that I wouldn't, mean like the whole cast? I would no. I I love the cast. Okay. I would like to see you know, Zachary continue as Shazam. I love the actress they have as Mary now. I like you know Freddie. I like all of them. I thought it was really well done, and that's you know, whenever I read the comics, I picture them this way now in everything. So it's pretty cool.
2: I think, you know, a third one, it would be pushing it because the kids are getting older. And so they would be matching their adult counterparts pretty quickly. The separation, the age separation of them would be pretty apparent, I think, if they wait too long to do another one of these. I don't know. I mean, if they do another one, I'll see it. Um, If it's executive produced and he's a consultant or overseeing the production... James Gunn, just him like pointing to a script and going, let's change that or let's lose that or let's do this. That would be enough to like tweak it so that this would be a really good franchise where it fits with everything else. I have no idea, but I leave that up to them to work out uh, because I'm not really, you know, I'm not really interested in like hard, like continuity in that way or anything like that. So um, but I will say go ahead, Mike. Sorry.
1: What? Sorry, no, no. I want to add into that just a little bit. What worries me, though, if especially the way they ended it about him joining a justice society, I don't want to see him coming into the just Shazam coming into the justice society and being the comic relief because mm. you know he's up there with Superman power wise and everything. So, you know, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see it. Oh, you know, he's going to be, you know, the one making all the jokes and all the, you know, getting hit all the time and thrown into buildings and stuff like that. I want to see, you know, I want to he see. He is the kid. Serious. I mean, yeah.
2: unless they can um explain that really poor pl- plot point that they don't they point out like why doesn't he have the power like the power of Solomon or the the wisdom of Solomon we don't know we never get an answer to that they ask that question but we don't know um and uh that's kind of lacking and i think that alone would make a difference um in writing him so that would be that would be interesting um but i i did get a little sad uh because i thought to myself after i got out of the theater i was like Oh man, is that going to be the last time I see Gal Godot as Wonder Woman? Um, but then I found out she's in the Flashpoint movie. So the Flash movie. So this won't be the last time, maybe the second to last. Uh, I don't know, but, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm holding on to, to that casting as long as I can because, uh, I do, do appreciate seeing Gal, um, in this, um, uh, anytime actually. So, um, so, all right. So that's our review of shazam fury of the gods um it was we were across the board so that was pretty interesting um and uh so go see for it go see it for yourself if you haven't already and let us know what you think Uh, and then we'll be right back to close out the show
1: wait for streaming wait for streaming
0: Hi, this is Ashley Pauls with this week's Box Office Buzz. I am sad that I had to miss chatting with the ESO crew about the new Shazam movie, but I am still recovering from a big uh, Comic Con experience at my local uh, regional con, Planet Comic Con of Kansas City. I had a great time, but still trying to get myself out of that post-con zombie-like haze. So... You know what? March feels like we are already in the middle of summer movie season with Shazam coming out, the new John Wick movie coming very soon, and also Dungeons & Dragons the movie. So lots of fun stuff, and I have been having fun going to the theater. I did get a chance to go and see the movie 65, which is about... Um, Well, which is what I thought was about a futuristic traveler traveling back in time to the age of the dinosaurs. The movie is not quite that. I don't want to give away any spoilers. It's a really interesting movie about the idea of someone with futuristic type tech going back in time and having to deal with the dinosaurs. The movie wasn't as good as I was hoping it would be so I'd say it's not one that you have to rush out to the theater to see but if you catch it on streaming it might be worth a watch and just interesting thought-provoking concept just one of those that's unfortunately I think they could have done more with it yeah I'm looking forward to uh, seeing Shazam soon And John Wick, embarrassed to admit that I have not seen any of the John Wick movies, but I think that this one might be the last one for a while, so it might be a good opportunity to get caught up And of course, Dungeons & Dragons. I hope this movie is as fun and adventurous as the previews make it appear to be. So we will soon find out. That's it for this week's Box Office Buzz. If you're looking for more entertainment-related content, be sure to check out my blogs over on the ESO Podcast website.
4: Hey, hey, we're Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. Almost 12 years old, Davy Jones was it for me. <laughs> I was having problems <laughs> dancing and tambourining. I got overzealous <laughs> and overly excited.
3: Like we've had our own little version of Monkey Mania 50 years later, which is just crazy.
4: Be sure to like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and MonkeyingAround.com.
1: So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Air Station One Podcast. Let's thank everybody for joining us. Chip, thank you as always, my friend.
3: Thanks for having me.
1: Anything you want to shout out about, sir?
3: I'm just going to go ahead and shout out again for my wife. Um, her Instagram, my crazy nerdy little life. She's doing some really great stuff on there. Like I think I mentioned at the top of this, she's gotten into embroidery right now and there's going to be some nerdy ones coming. I know we've got a... We're working on a no-shazamming-in-the-house one to hang up in here somewhere. So we're going to have some fun with that one. I thought that so was
1: that's why job. the house kept on getting hit by lightning. <laughs> yeah,
3: lady. that kept, kept on getting
1: hit by lightning. Another good joke. That was a good joke, actually. Yeah. Awesome, sir. And Drew, do you want to read, because uh, your partner was supposed to join us tonight. Do you want yes, to read I, his review?
4: Yes, I'll give him your his review. He Unfortunately, he wasn't able to be on, but he still sent me his thoughts. Uh-oh. All right, here we go. Shazam! Fury of the Gods isn't quite as good as the first film, but brings the same fun and light energy. I was entertained the whole time and think it will play well on streaming and on TV. However, without a strong villain or connection to a larger story, it was doomed to be a box office bust. It's simply not the kind of movie that is going to bring people into the theater when they can wait two to three months to watch it at home. Black Adam should have been in this movie, and it's a shame we'll likely never see Levi Shazam interact with Black Adam. Asher Angel is clearly too old to play Billy, hence the significant lack of screen time huh. and larger focus on Freddy. Overall, I rate it a 7 out of 10. Anyone who goes to see this will have a good time, but a bitter villain and a tighter plot would have, subvert, would have served the movie well.
2: well, well so there you go. Well said. And of course, you
4: can probably hear you'll hear more of Cletus's thoughts on the movie when we do our uh review of it here in a couple weeks.
1: Okay. And what podcast is that, sir?
4: That would be the Earth Station DCU.
1: Awesome. Check where you can it out. come
4: and listen to us talk about DC News, comics, and of course television shows and movies. So awesome oh. Awesome. I don't want to forget Cletus also wanted me to let you know about his read more comic shout out, which I'll probably give on our show also, but he wanted to shout out about Shazam Thundercrack. It's set between the two films and it's a graphic novel that focuses on Billy trying to make the football team.
2: Ah, so. Okay. Okay.
1: There you go. Thank you, sirs. And I appreciate it. Definitely worth checking out another show on the ESO network. And Mr. Mike Gordon, we've made it through another one, my
2: friend. We did, and as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? Yeah, before I do I want shout out, I do have to – I was forgetful of one other thing I wanted to mention about uh, the Shazam movie in our review. I thought it was awesome that there was a cameo by Michael Gray, who played uh, Billy Batson in the 70s TV show. I thought – oh, I mean, that was awesome. Wearing the shirt and everything. I mean, I thought – i you know, that was just – that almost like – That was almost as cool as the Wonder Woman moment for me. (laughs) So I like it. Cool. I like it when they, they give shout outs to things that have come before. And uh, I thought that was really fun. Um, As far as my shout out goes, uh, it is comic related as well, uh, but it's not with DC. It's with Marvel. Uh, I got a new Marvel trade uh, the other day called the variants by Gail Simone and Phil Noto. Uh, This is a fun read it's a Jessica Jones mystery uh and I do like those. Uh they were written by Bendis and then um uh oh man we had her on the show. Kelly Kelly Thompson uh wrote some good ones too. Um this is the first time Gail's writing Jessica Jones and Gail is a in my opinion a master at balancing like really dark issues, dark material with light humor and action and that's the case with this uh this one uh she has a lot of fun especially with variants and i think variants are now the new like mutants or humans in the in marvel comic universe or whatever maybe even the mcu really uh so uh so she has really a really lot of fun with the variants the various versions of uh jessica jones and uh it was just a great read so I, it's glad to see her it's been a while since i've seen her read uh, write anything for comics so I'm glad that she's doing it still, and she's doing it well.
1: That is awesome. That is awesome. Uh, my shout-out, real, real quick. Mr. Mike Gordon and I are going to be appearing at another Comic-Con. That's right. It has officially been announced. Both of us will be appearing at South Carolina Comic-Con. That is right. April 15th and 16th in beautiful Greenville, South Carolina. Thank beautiful. you. To the fine folks at Borderlands Comics who put this wonderful convention on. And we are very happy to be coming. We'll both have tables there. Mike will have one for Tiki Zombie. And I will have one for ESO Network. And, you know, we never know who's going to be stopping by the tables. And we might actually even be doing some more stuff at the con. As it gets closer, we'll be actually be able to tell you about that as it is. So, pretty darn awesome, folks.
2: I'm looking forward to it.
1: It's going to be great. South Carolina is one of my favorite cons of the year. So, you know, Robert and Michelle put on such a great show. And, you know, it's just fun. And I love Greenville. So it's Mm -hmm. definitely a great place to visit if you ever get a chance. So that's going to wrap up our show. Thank you for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. Always remember, we couldn't do this here without you. If you want to support, please. Check out our Tee Public store and check out some cool ESO Network swag. And the Darren Noel t-shirt is going to be going up this week up on our Tee Public store. So definitely check it out. All, you know, proceeds are going to be going to charity. So definitely check that out. It's Wonder Warrior Lives. Don't ever forget about that. So definitely check it out. Also, remember, if you want to listen to our show before the rest of the world, why not join the ESO Network Patreon? For as little as a dollar a month, you could help support us here at Earth Station One. Check it out at www.patreon.com. We also want to hear from you. Please write us feedback at earthstationone.com. Remember, you could also find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found. And now you could also find the Earth Station One podcast in video format up on YouTube. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. And also like and subscribe, like and subscribe, like and subscribe. It's the best way to find out about us. On behalf of myself, of course, Mr. Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, Mr. Drew Leiter, and Mr. Chip Johnson, thank you all for listening. We will see you here next time on Earth Station One. Hug your loved ones. Have some fun. And spring is here, folks. It has sprung. Well, from some of us, you know, it's, you know, still snowing in a lot of part of the country right now. So definitely have fun with it. Peace. And we're done. Cheers.
4: Bye. See ya.
1: You've been listening to the earth station one podcast a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found while you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done.
0: This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping at the Tee Public store